You're listening to the Colts Blue Zone Podcast with Mike Chappell and Dave Griffiths. Hello, Colts fans, and welcome to the Colts Blue Zone Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. My name is Joe Hopkins. With me is Mike Chappell, and the Colts on Sunday came up just short to the one-loss Philadelphia Eagles. We'll recap the heartbreaker of a loss for the Colts. We'll discuss takeaways from that game, and we'll also take a look at where the Colts stand both for the playoff picture and the draft order um, as, you know, at four, six, and one, that they've kind of not uh, solidified themselves in one area or another. So we'll see how they're looking for the rest of the season. Before we get into it, Mike, how are you doing this Monday, Monday afternoon? Alive and well, which is always a good thing for a Monday. <laughs> That's right. That's about all you can ask out of a Monday. Uh, so the Colts... No quitty pay in this one against the 8-1 and one Philadelphia Eagles. Nick Sirianni, former offensive coordinator, coming back into town. So without pay, Dio Odangbo gets his first career start at defensive end. And the Colts start with the ball. They quickly find themselves in the third and six. Matt Ryan hits Michael Pittman Jr. crossing over the middle of the field for 24 yards. Colts into Eagles territory. Next play, Jonathan Taylor takes a draw and goes 28 yards up the middle, finally tackled at the 19. First down, Taylor rushes for nine more. He's stuffed on second down, setting up a third and one. Matt Ryan picks it up with a quarterback sneak. First and goal at the nine, Colts turn to their star running back. Three straight Taylor runs. JT finally punches it in on third and goal from the one-yard line, and the Colts take a 7 to nothing lead on the Eagles. Mike, this is the first time they've scored on their first possession all year. Since Christmas. I mean, let's take it further back. It's been an issue so much of the year, They've almost all the year, they've been playing from behind, and they're not sound enough to play catch-up the entire game, so this was encouraging to get off to the good start. Couldn't have gotten off to a better start. Eagles first drive now. Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown connect on 14 on first down. A couple plays later, Miles Sanders converts on third and two, but a holding call on Philadelphia brings it back. Third and 12, Eagles can't convert, bringing up a punt. Kiki Kuti muffs it but he's able to scoop it back up and gain eight yards. He's had some issues with ball security recently. The Colts take over at the 28. Indianapolis trying to replicate the magic they found on their four, on their first drive. First down, swing pass to Taylor, loses four yards. Pittman picks up 13 on second down, bringing up a third and one. The Colts opt to pass the ball. And Matt Ryan can't squeeze it into Michael Pittman Jr. Coverage knocks it away, and the Colts go three and out. Eagles start at their 16, but reach Indy's 34 in just three plays. That's when penalties killed their drive. Three consecutive flags on Philly sets up a first and 35. A couple solid gains gives the Eagles a third and 11 at Indy's 35-yard line, looking for a little bit more yardage to uh, set up a field goal. But they're unable to get that yardage because Jalen Hurts can't find an open man in exact by Zaire Franklin and Yannick Ngakwe combined to bring him down, and they punt the ball away. Into the first quarter now, the Colts pick up a first down on the ground. A couple plays later, JT gained six on second and seven, which would have brought up a third and short, but a holding call on Bernard Ryman brings the ball back, and the Colts can't recover from the penalty. They punt the ball. 
13-yard return sets the Eagles up at the 42. Philly avoids penalties on this drive, and they work with the ball down the field. Hurts really doing damage against the Colts with his legs. After 12 plays, the Eagles have a second and goal at the two, but a high snap wrecks the play. Hurts does what he can just to recover the ball. A loss of eight would really set the Eagles back. Uh, Colts knock Hurts out of bounds for a short gain on third and goal, and Philly settles for a field goal 7-3 to three, with under five to play in the half. Colts trying to respond, and they turn to their tight ends. Mo Cox gains 14 on a catch and run. A couple plays later, Ryan connects with Kylan Granson for 11, but Ryman is called again, this time an ineligible man down the field. That'll back the Colts up to a second and 14, and they weren't able to get make up that yardage. The p- Colts punt after another Ryman penalty. Indy's defense does a great job of forcing of defending the run, and they force a three and out. Kuti then gains 17 on the punt return. Colts start their drive at the 45 with a minute and 43 seconds left before the time before the half and one timeout left to spare. First down, he hits Paris Campbell over the middle for 13, but a dump off to Deion Jackson loses four. Jackson then gets seven back on a rush on second down. Alec Pearson picks up six on the sideline catch on third and seven. That'll put Colts in range for a 51-yard field goal, and Chase McLaughlin knocks it through. Colts go into halftime up 10-3. to It's their second consecutive week going into halftime with the, with the lead when prior to last week against the Raiders, the Colts hadn't done that since Christmas. A Mike, a good start for the Colts in this one, really getting, uh, like you said, not falling behind, not falling into what's gotten them so many times this year where they have to play catch-up. Yeah, and unfortunately, while they're up 10-7 to 7 or 10-3, to 3, and we'll get into this later on, it should have been more. And that's the problem, that they leave points on the field with possible points on the field with, with mistakes and, and the penalties. Again, they're just not good enough. Jalen Hurts is. The Colts are not good enough to overcome these these holes and ineligible downfield and later a couple of false starts, a sack. So, you know, 10 to 3, you're feeling really good, but boy, you're thinking against a really good team like, like the Eagles, should be bigger. Should have been bigger and definitely going to have to expand on that lead if they hope to win. Eagles get the ball to start the third quarter. First play, Hurts winds up to go deep. But Yannick Ngakwe gets to the ball, knocks it out, and the fumble's recovered by the Colts. First down now at Philly's 22. Taylor gains one to start the drive. Then Will Fry's false start on second down puts him in a second and 14 hole. The Colts gain nine on a pass to Taylor. Third and five. Paris Campbell makes a catch and turns to head up field, but the ball's knocked away late by the defensive back. It's originally called a catch and fumble out of bounds, but uh, Sirianni challenged the play and it was overturned. That incompletion brings up a 36-yard field goal, and it's good. The Colts extend their lead to 10. Eagles offense trying to make up for the turnover. Philly drives their way to Colts territory. First down at the 39, but the Colts defense would clamp down from there, leading to a fourth and 10. The Eagles make an interesting decision to go for it. Pass rush gets to Hurts and forces him out of bounds. Colts take over at their 47. Great field position. First down, 
Ryan doesn't like his first read and is just sacked. It's a loss of six. Second down, a holding call on Michael Pittman sets them back even further, and the Colts can't recover from second and 22. They punt the ball away. Matt Hawk's punt is a good one. Goes out of bounds at the five-yard line, pinning the Eagles deep. Indy's run defense um, is able to hold and force a three and out after three straight Miles Sanders run. Uh, really good defending the handoffs in this one was the Colts' run defense. It was really just Jalen Hurts uh, that they struggled with. Colts with the ball now. Zach Moss starts to drive with a seven-yard run, but on second down, Will Fries again with the penalty. He's called for holding this time. Second and 13, Ryan hits Michael Pittman on an out and up for 15 yards. A couple plays later, Ryan scrambles to his left and lofts it out to Kylan Granson, who makes a terrific catch, getting both feet in near the sideline. First down at Philly's 27. Taylor is stuffed for a three-yard loss. Second down, Ryan can't find an open man and is sacked for a loss of one. That's third and 15 we're looking at now at the 32 pass for Alec Pierce falls incomplete. And that'll bring out McLaughlin again for a 50-yard field goal. This one would miss wide right. Mike, that's three straight drives with great field position for the Colts, uh, starting at their 45 or better, and they come away with just three points. Again, that's that's their that's their season. That's what it's been. When you get the ball at the 45 or better three times and you get three points, it's just maybe you beat – Jacksonville or Houston or somebody, but you don't beat the good teams. And it's the old thing about letting them hang around and hang around. The really good teams find a way. They find a way to beat you. And unfortunately, the Colts, they find a way to lose. And this entire game, you just sit there and you just shake your head and think, should have got something there, should have got something there, should have got more there. And when you don't, we see what happens. Yeah, even, you know, even something as simple as gaining a few yards on third and long so that the field goal is short uh, is shorter distance for McLaughlin. I mean, I can't blame the guy. You can't consistently ask him to keep knocking down 50 yarders. He already hit 51 yarder earlier in the drive. Um, and just, you know, doing that time after time rather than putting him in good position, it, it, you're going to come away with some misses like that. He, he's five out of seven. On 50-yarders. I mean, again, that's just asking too much. And the problem with this offense and with his team is is when he misses, it really hurts. It really hurts you. And it just puts an awful lot of pressure on him. And he's he's been really, really good. Again, he's 5 out of 7. He, he's, what is it, 12 of, eight, of 15 from 40 or, or longer. And again, he's he's by and large he's done his job, but if you go through this, and, and each time it's what John Taylor's uh, stuff for a minus three on first down. Well, now it's second and thirteen, uh, and then it's a hold, it's a false start, it's a sack. You just and that's one thing Jeff Saturday pointed out after the game. He said negative plays, penalties, missed opportunities, and you get what you you put out there, and they got sort of what they deserved. They did. Eagles, after the missed field goal, take over at the Colts 40, and they go 60 yards in five plays. Highlighted by a 23-yard run by Hertz and a 22-yard touchdown pass to Quez Watkins. It is now 13-10. to 10. 
early fourth quarter, Colts need to add to their lead. Pittman gains 16 on second and 10. A couple plays later, Jonathan Taylor rushes for nine. That sets up third and one. Taylor gets enough for the first, and his teammates keep pushing him forward seven yards down the field. But then the ball comes out at the end. Eagles recover. The Colts turn the ball over in enemy territory. This is something that has plagued them all season, Mike. They have 25 fumbles this year. 25, and they've lost nine. And one thing, it's how we were just pounding. Matt Ryan had the 11 fumbles and the three lost early in the year. Jonathan Taylor has lost three fumbles this year. He's tied for the league lead on, on lost fumbles. That play, it's just it's strange because you want to praise a guy for trying to get as much as he can out of out of a run, and it, you know it, it was a first down run, which he got the first down, and then you just have to know the play's over. Now there's a very good chance that he was sort of body surfing. It's not, not like he was, you know, maybe he wanted to go down and he couldn't. So credit the Eagles for keeping him up and all that stuff. But at some point the play's over. I guess maybe in hindsight, if I if I'm Taylor, I simply quit trying to to get yards. I just sort of stop fighting for yards and maybe then maybe the officials called the play dead but anymore they've they've let plays continue when the running back or his offensive line are pushing down the field but it, 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 as important as Taylor is to this offense he's had three fumbles this year that have just been crippling yeah it is this one was very similar to his fumble against Tennessee where it was another situation I forget if his third or fourth and short but the, he just kind of wouldn't go down. The Titans kind of held him up and were just hacking at the football, and that's what happened here. After a while, um, they're able to get it loose, and Philly takes over at the 43. Hertz continues to do damage with his legs, taking it into Indianapolis territory. Then he hits A.J. Brown for a solid gain, but Franklin does his best Shaq Leonard impression and punches the ball out. Recovered by Indy, they get the ball right back to their offense, Colts take over at the 35 with 9 minutes and 34 seconds left in the game. They quickly find themselves in the third and 11, but Matt Ryan hangs in and finds Alec Pierce over the middle for a clutch 17 yards. The next, uh, the next play, uh, Colts facing a, I'm sorry, a couple plays later, the Colts facing a third and three at the Eagles 36. Uh, Matt Ryan goes deep, drops the ball in between two defenders to Paris Campbell for a gain of 31, beautiful throw, and it puts the Colts in a first and goal at the five, under six minutes to go, a touchdown here makes it a two-score game. First down, pretty predictable what they're going to do. Jonathan Taylor up the middle, stuffed for no gain. Second down, Ryan has nobody open and just throws it away. Third down, Ryan can't find anybody. And Hassan Riddick beats Ryan for the sack, a loss of 14. And the Colts settle for a field goal to push the lead to six. Mike, a disappointing result after first and goal at the five. I'm sitting there in the press box, and it's 16 to 10. And all I could think about was the last home game, Washington, 16 to 10, because you because of so many things you didn't get done. And it's just incredible now that Washington didn't have as much time. But you just had to feel that that was the ball game to me. You punch it in, it's a two-score game, and there's there probably isn't enough time 
for Philly to get to come back. You know, they're going to score maybe, but then you're going to get the ball back. And I, I, it's just you just had a feeling that that was a ball game. It just wasn't because because Philly again, they find when when you've got a quarterback like Jalen Hurts, he just stresses every level of your defense. And that was the case, and I just kind of felt that was the game. And when they didn't get it in, you you, you leave yourself vulnerable, and they took advantage. Yeah, we talked earlier about asking too much out of McLaughlin. At a certain point, you're asking too much out of your defense. Four, uh, four minutes and 37 seconds left to go. Philadelphia needs to go 75 yards to take the lead. The Eagles quickly face a third and two. Hurts in the shotgun, can't find anyone open, but he has all day. Eventually throws down the right sideline to the running back, Miles Sanders. Zaire Franklin in coverage just panics and tackles Sanders before the ball gets there. A huge pass interference penalty costs the Colts 39 yards. Mike, I know it's a lot easier said than done, but that sh- that that deep pass was going to come up short. All Franklin really had to do was turn around um, and instead... He kind of just, you know, tackles Sanders out of fear that, I don't know, that Sanders would have scored a touchdown on the play. That that was a real backbreaker for the Colts. We talked to him in the locker room after the game, and he said, the, first of all, as much as that was on him, and it was, how about a pass rush? Get a, yeah. get, get a pass rush so the Hurts just doesn't sit back there. If you go back and watch the play. And Sanders was just sort of a little flare to the right. He went in motion. I think he was supposed to be like a safety valve. Well, with the lack of a pass rush, he just took it up the field. And Zaire Franklin told us that he jumped in coverage. He jumped the hitch route to whoever it was over there, what was Devontae Smith, whomever. And that got him behind. Then he's playing catch up with the running back, who's pretty quick. So at that point, he said it was kind of either tackle him or, or 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 hope they don't throw a flag because he said the worst case would have been a touchdown so he it, once he got behind him he sort of knew there was going to be a penalty because you just can't go up a touchdown but my goodness it, it was so much like the big play to McLaurin in the Washington game where where Heineke had gosh what eight ten seconds to throw and you're just asking in that case Gilmore to cover too long and in this case if there's any kind of a pass rush, it's doubtful that, that Hertz has time to look downfield like that, and the running back has time to get downfield as he did. So, yeah, it was a bad play by Franklin, but my goodness, how about a pass rush to sort of help these guys out? Yeah, I mean, asking a linebacker to cover for, I don't know, seven, eight, nine seconds, whatever it was, um, that's going to happen from time to time. But still, I uh, wish Franklin would have been – at least able to turn around or do something because I'm not sure Sanders would have caught that ball anyway. It was several yards short. He would have had to come back for it. But regardless, Philly goes um, from their 33 to the Colts 28 because of that penalty. And the Eagles turn to their run game. Five straight handoffs sets up a fourth and two at the nine. And what have the Colts struggled to defend all game? Jalen Hurts' legs. Hertz picks up the first down. A couple plays later, third and goal from the seven. The Eagles go with the quarterback draw, and Hertz walks up the middle, untouched. Extra point is good. Eagles take their first lead of the game. A minute 20 left. Colts down one with one timeout. After an incompletion on first down, Ryan hits Campbell for 14. 
Finished short pass to Deion Jackson, gains just one. Incompletion on second down, stops the clock with 48 seconds left. Third and nine. Brandon Graham just plows through Ryman on a bull rush and gets to Ryan for the sack. Loss of seven. Timeout Colts. Fourth and 16 turns into fourth and 21 after Will Fry's false start. Desperation play now. Ryan is flushed out of the pocket, dumps it off to Jackson, and he stopped after just five yards. That's the ball game. The Colts lose a tough one to the number one team in the NFC. Final score, 17 to 16. Need new windows? Contact your hometown team today. Hometown windows and doors are Central Indiana's premier locally owned full service Anderson window dealer with master installers. From design to installation, the hometown team handles it all. They carry unlimited options with competitive pricing. Call them direct to get 35% off your windows through December 15th. Hometown Windows and Doors gives you all the perks of a national brand with national brand with that hometown feel. Visit them at hometownwindowteam.com. All right, Mike, let's get to takeaways here. Uh, the first one to me is penalties absolutely killed the Colts. Eight penalties for 90 yards. Those are season highs. Five of them were on the offensive line, plus another holding call on Michael Pittman Jr. That's six penalties on the offense right there, six of the eight. Um, the defense didn't have very many, but the ones that they did were, were pretty brutal, specifically the 39-yarder on Franklin um, that really got the Eagles down the field when they needed a touchdown. Mike, the, the mistakes in this one, just the mental errors, the Colts really killed themselves. Yeah, and a lot of it offensively was Ryman and, and Will Fries uh, in, with the sacks and the penalties. And we talked to Jeff Saturday today, and it's it was brought up, you know, are you, are you considering sticking with these guys and, and, and letting them grow, or do you need to make changes? And his, his response was, we're going to go with what we've got. He just thinks that experience is important, and, and unfortunately it's, it can be tough at times. So, you know, the only the only thing they can really do is, is to put Ryman back out and put Dennis Kelly in at left tackle. But I don't get the impression they're going to do that. And, you know, so, so you're going to live with this. And, you know, they got some pretty good pass rushers coming up in, in Pittsburgh and, my goodness, Dallas. So it, it's just it, – I know people have been all over Matt Ryan, and I've, I've tried to defend him as much as I can – it's so hard. It is just hard to play in this league anyway. And then when you've got a unreliable left tackle, it makes it virtually impossible. So I, I just I don't know how this gets better over the course of the season because we're already eleven games in, and this is this is who they are. So you know I, I guess you live with the sacks and the false starts and the, the holding penalties, but it makes it awful tough. That's why the Colts are scoring like 15 points a game, is because they're not good enough to overcome the mistakes, these self-inflicted mistakes. Yeah, let's go ahead and talk about this offensive line a little further because that's that's my second takeaway here. It remains a major, major weakness, and it's really been the overriding, glaring issue that's held the Colts back all season. Fries had three penalties, 
Ryman had two penalties and gave up two of the Colts' four sacks. Um, the Colts struggled to consistently run the ball after the first drive. 49 of Jonathan Taylor's 84 rushing yards came on that first drive alone. After that, they really weren't able to consistently get something going. It felt like uh, every time they would have a nice play, um, it would be brought back by a penalty, and that really just killed the drives. Um, huge just uh, a difference from the Raiders game where they consistently found themselves in third and manageable, third and three, third and five, uh, situations like that. When you're looking at, you know, third and seven, eight, nine or longer, it's really difficult for this offense to get something done, especially because this defensive line or whatever defensive line they're facing can just pin their ears back and go after Matt Ryan, who's not the most mobile quarterback at age 37. So, um, sticking with rice, uh, fry sticking with Ryman, I mean, I guess I agree with it because I don't know what else you do that's going to significantly upgrade your offensive line. At this point in the season, you're four, six, and one. You might as well let the young guys get some experience. You might as well see if Ryman can kind of develop and make improvement as the season goes along because you're going to have to make a decision about how you feel about Ryman, and that's going to impact your decision on a left tackle. If they think he could be the left tackle of the future, they need to find that out this year um, or or start looking for somebody else. Yeah, and, and again, you're, you're right. That, so it is that balance between still trying to, to, to win as many games as you can and be it. You know, they're not out of the playoff thing. You, you can get into that later on. I try not to look at it because they've they, – that, that window closed – in the first seven games, in my mind. But you've got – there's so many questions you have to figure out, quarterback moving forward, and left really left tackle. Because you use that third-round pick on him with the idea that at some point he will be your left tackle. Now, they didn't think as a rookie at all. This kid's still very much a, a very young left tackle as far as experience at that position. But like you said, they've got to find out, is he the guy moving forward? And you hope he is, because that's one less thing off your plate in the off season. But if he's not, th- then you've got to uh, just add that to your list of what you have to look at going into the off season and retooling this uh, this entire roster. And you know, it, let's not act like this guy was taken in the first round and he's a huge bust if he's not a franchise left tackle. He could still provide value as someone who was drafted in the '70s as a solid swing tackle if he develops a at that maybe next year they decide to move him to right guard which has also been an issue and they haven't found a solution you know will fries looked good against the raiders really struggled against the philadelphia eagles so um finding out how you feel about ryman who you know was drafted he was already 25 uh he turned 25 in september so this is not a you know, young, you look at him and one of his weaknesses, he needs to get stronger. I mean, he just gets pushed around out there from time to time. You know, how much stronger, how much more weight can you really pack on to somebody who's, you know, this isn't a 21, 22 year old. He's already 25 years old. How much more can you really develop his body? I think you can do so a a little bit because, you know, NFL regimen will definitely get you bulked up and um, get you stronger. But um, those are some serious questions and some of the reasons that he fell uh, to the mid to late third round there. But but they never anticipated him playing 
a, a major role as a rookie. That wasn't the expectations at all. So, you know, and that's he's out there because because Matt Pryor simply did not could not play the position at, at the, the required level. So it, it's like Jeff Saturday said, it, it's a tough learning experience, but the only way you get better, I guess, is, is to play. And the problem is the growing pains that come along with that, that's, that's, th- those are penalties. Those are sacks. And you can, you can disguise or hide a, a less than adequate right guard Although, although Will Fries couldn't hide him yesterday, but it, it is so hard. It's impossible to hide a, a substandard left tackle. I mean, Mo Ali Cox had a catch yesterday. It was almost like he was a tackle. He, he's been playing tackle. He's been playing a, a, a sixth lineman, and that's because they just simply can't trust Ryman to be out there by himself. Yeah, and, and the like you said, the reason that he's out there is because the Colts – failed in their self-evaluation of Matt Pryor. They went through the entire offseason convincing him themselves that he was going to be good enough, uh, and he simply wasn't. They, they had other opportunities. They, I, I don't know what he would have cost, but Eric Fisher is still a free agent. At a certain point, they could have maybe given him an extra million or two, whatever it took, to bring him back, um, willing that he wanted to come back, but... It, you know, it's not like he's taking another job. I think he could have that Colts could have brought him back at some point and he would have been a lot better than what they're getting currently. So uh, it's disappointing to see. But at this point in the season, you really just got to hope that Ryman can kind of develop and show some progress as the year goes along. Last takeaway here. The defense lacks a closer in the pass rush. They sacked Jalen Hurts three times. None of them came in the fourth quarter in the ending was eerily similar to the Washington game where they just couldn't get to the quarterback and he had all day back there to sit in the pocket and find somebody um, running all over the field. Um, it, it's it's really been an issue. I think a lot of people thought it would be solved this year with bringing in Yannick Ngakwe. It has not. Even when he had the strip sack on Jalen Hurts, they tried to block him with the running back. I mean, they had Miles Sanders on him. He better be a running back getting paid $14 million per year. Mike, it looks like, once again, the Colts are going to head into the offseason with defensive end as a need area. Well, and that's, well, we'll see because Quiddy Pay, I think he's shown enough to where he can, he's going to be a player. Now, will he be a 12 or 13 sack guy? Probably not. But I think he's a pretty good all-around end. And he just – the injuries are just nagging him. He, he sort of gets, some, gets going in an ankle – so that that hurts, and and then let's keep in mind that they lost Tyquan Lewis. Was it two games ago, whatever it was? And so they've got two of their top three defensive ends, although Lewis was sort of the movable part. But let's say two of the three top outside guys didn't play, and of course Lewis won't play the rest of the year. Hopefully, Quiddy Pay comes back in a week or two. But yeah, it's just, it's. When you're a quality team, when you're a playoff caliber team, you have a pass rush that, when you've got the lead, you you can at least affect the quarterback to where he's not patting the ball, patting the ball, moving around, giving your running back a chance to get downfield, giving uh, giving Terry McLaurin a chance to get down the field. You just good good defense is as good as this defense is. It's not good enough to not have a pass rush, and it puts the back end of your 
defense at risk. That's not the way to win. No, certainly not. I agree with you on Quiddy Pay. He, when he has been able to play, he's looked great. Um, hopefully, the injuries can uh, he can get some better luck with that going forward. I think his rookie year, the same thing kind of happened to him. I believe it was a hamstring that kind of set him back and kind of nagged for a few games. Quiddy Pay is a good piece moving forward. Similar to Ryman, you hope with this extended playing time uh, that Dio Dangbo can kind of turn it on a little bit. Did not see a ton out of him in the pass rush department on Sunday. Hopefully he can kind of get his footing under him. The Colts believed that he had a ton of potential when they took him in the second round a couple years ago, despite his Achilles injury. Um, So you just got to hope guys develop because, you know, even with Quiddy, you need another one. So We'll have to see going into the next offseason there. Need new windows? Let the hometown team help. Hometown Windows and Doors is Central Indiana's premier locally owned full service Anderson dealer with master installers. From design to installation, we handle it all, carrying nationally known brands like Anderson with more options and competitive pricing. Call us direct and get 25% off your windows if you buy within the next 60 days. Please contact your hometown team today. We are Central Indiana's premier locally owned full service Anderson dealer. National brand, hometown feel. All right, Mike, let's look at injuries now. Isaiah Rogers left the game for a certain amount of time, but the cornerback was able to return. Heading into the game, Matt Pryor didn't play because I saw a report he was sent to the hospital Sunday with an illness. Do we have any more on that? Yeah, we talked to Jeff Saturday, and he he said Pryor woke up Sunday not feeling well at all. Uh, The team doctors sent him to the hospital for observation and evaluation. And uh, he's been released from the hospital. Now, whether that was last night or today, I don't know, but he's back home now. Okay. Was there any injuries that I missed from this no. game, or is that about no. it? No, and again, Rogers was was evaluated for a concussion and obviously didn't have one because he did return the game in the fourth quarter. Yeah, I know. He kind of got dinged up on a play where I, I think he was trying to tackle Devontae Smith um, in that one. Let's look at the playoff picture. Division appears to be out of reach for the Colts, who are now three full games behind the 7-3 and three Titans. The Colts are currently 10th in the AFC. Wildcard seeds, 5th seed, 7-3 and three Bills. That's going to be uh, almost impossible to catch up with for that 5th seed. 6th seed, there's the 6-4 and four Patriots, but New England has a tiebreaker over the Colts after defeating them in Week 9, so it's almost more like a like a three-game lead on Indianapolis there. In the seventh seed, there are the six and four Bengals, so the Colts are two full games behind them. And then the six and four Jets and five and five Chargers are also ahead of the Colts, fighting for wild-card spots. The Colts will play the Chargers later this year. So not not looking too great in the playoff picture, Mike. What what would you put their percentage chance of making the postseason? Old. Ten percent, less than ten percent. I mean, it, it's yeah. It, it's just again, they, they, they've they they've squandered way too many opportunities to put themselves in a good position. And this is going to be one of those where, in December, well, if if these seven things happen, they've got a chance. It, it's the old thing, you know. Well, they've got a chance. Yeah, they got a chance. But I'm I, most fans, myself included, will be looking at your next category which is draft positioning 
a draft position here. If the season ended today, the Colts would have the 14th overall pick. Houston uh, is running away with the first overall pick at 1-8-1. Picks 2 through 9 are all three lost teams. And picks 10 through 14 are four lost teams. So there's a lot of fluctuation that could happen as we uh, uh, go through the season. The Colts 14th right now, but, you know, just one more win than the team picking second overall. So we'll see what happens as the Colts go along. They might win a, enough games, maybe maybe two or three more games here to stay in the teens. They got Pittsburgh next Monday night. That's one of their best chances of getting a win this year. At Dallas Sunday night, that's going to be quite the challenge. Then they have their bye week. Then at Minnesota, who's also, you know, they just got whooped up pretty bad by the Cowboys, but they're still a very good overall team. Then they have the Chargers on Monday night football. Crazy, Mike. The Col- Three of their next f- four games are on primetime for Indianapolis. They finished the year with the Giants at the Giants, that is, on New Year's Day. And then against the Houston Texans in the final week of the season. That might be one of those games that nobody's trying to win. You know, it's it's going to drive you crazy and a lot of fans crazy, but I see three wins there. So it, it's going to, you know, so it's going to be one of those, well, the, the, out of the playoffs, and not only out of the playoffs, but in pretty crappy draft positioning, just because of, of you, you weren't really, really awful bad. The, the NFL does not reward, you know, just bad teams. It it awards really bad teams, and this team's going to be in the in the in the mid teens probably, and we'll see how they can handle getting their quarterback in the draft with such unfavorable draft positioning. Yeah, I think Colts fans might riot if they don't either draft a quarterback of the future or at least a fr- franchise left tackle during this next draft here. Um, but still plenty of season to go. Six more games left in the year. So, um, you know, it's a little early to be looking at all this. But, hey, when, when you're at this point in the season, you got to look forward to whatever you have to look forward to. And uh, the Colts draft positioning is at the top of mind of a lot of Colts fans. This was a game where if the Colts find a way to win this one, I mean, they're squarely back in the playoff hunt. Not only are they 5-5-1, five, five and one, they've won two in a row with the new coach, Jeff Saturday. They just beat the 8-1 and one Philadelphia Eagles top team in the NFC. Um, not only does it, you know, get you one more game in your record in the wins and losses, but it goes such a long way. And in, in, in the expectations and the feelings around this team really, really let a huge opportunity fall through their fingers. And, and that's in January. That's that's what we're going to be saying. I, I was something I'm going to write about shortly is these one possession games. They've played eight games decided by eight points or fewer, and they're four, three, and one. That's the second most one position possession games in the league. And you know, Philly's four and zero. Minnesota's 7-0. You know, that, that's, you know, I realize they, they got dusted by Dallas. But, you know, I think Tennessee is 5-2. and two. Miami's 5-1. and one. That's the difference. It, 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 it's just that player, you know, we're doing the Mr. Obvious things, but it, it's, it's making that one play, those two plays. I'm not talking about McLaughlin missing a 50-yard field goal. That, I'm not. 
That's that's crazy to say that cost them. It did, but it's a 50-yard field goal. It, 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 it's the getting it in from, from you know, first and goal at the five. It, it, it's getting Heineke on the ground when he's launching the ball to, to, to uh, McLaren. It, it's a number of plays. It's making a 42-yard field goal at Houston. So w- when you do, you're talking about playoff positioning. When you don't, you're talking about draft positioning. It, this, this is not a complicated situation. Yeah, I mean, I, I would strongly argue that they should have won all three of those games against Philly, Washington, and Houston, and they'd be, what, that 7-4-1 four, four right now, squarely in a playoff spot. Um, so that, that's, that's really been the difference this year is the Colts, they, they did it last week against the Raiders. They were able to score uh, with five minutes left, and then the defense closed it out for there. Gilmore um, himself has kind of, Closed out two game two wins for the Colts with the Raiders game and the Broncos game. Which, by the way, the Raiders and Broncos are both, I believe, picking in the top ten right now. So those are games. Talk about tiebreakers and draft position. If if they're tied, those teams will be picking ahead of them. Um, so we'll we'll have a lot of time to talk about that as the season moves forward. Um, make sure to join us on Wednesday this week day before Thanksgiving, um, as we preview their Monday night matchup with the Pittsburgh Steelers and their rookie quarterback, Kenny Pickett. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Colts Blue Zone. Follow Mike on Twitter at mchapel 51 If you're not already, please subscribe and download for us. That really makes my bosses happy. Again, thanks for tuning in, Colts fans, and until Wednesday, take it easy.